I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. Hi, I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. In this episode, I'm going to give you some short, sharp tips to public speaking. In the last episode, I focused on how to write an effective speech, but that counts for absolutely nothing unless you actually get out there and share it. So on the back of the last episode, I had quite a few people contact me um, mentioning that they were, you know, keen to get started. They now had the ideas on how to write an effective speech, but didn't know what else to do. So that's what I'm going to focus on in this next episode. Absolutely anyone can be a public speaker. Often when I tell people what I do for a living, their response is, oh, I could never do that. And you know what? They're right. Now, don't just turn off the podcast thinking, okay, I was listening to this to get some, you know, ideas and hope that Tony had changed my mind and helped me to be a public speaker. But in reality, you set your own limiting beliefs. I know it's cliche, but the Henry Ford quote is absolutely true. If you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're probably right. So step one is to get out of your own way. Some of the best speeches have come from some really unconventional or, you know, unlikely speakers. You wouldn't necessarily look at someone like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, in his plain clothes and, you know, he's a self-confessed geek and think, this is going to be a great speech. Yet he is a great, great public speaker. When I mention names like Adolf Hitler, you would definitely be forgiven for thinking many things other than great orator. Yet he was one of the best orators of his time. Even if we move further forward, people like Evelyn Glennie, she is a top percussionist. She's an expert in her field, but she's also profoundly deaf. Now you might think, well, she can't be a public speaker because of her limitations, her disability. Yet she is a really well sought after and a very well received public speaker, commanding huge speaker fees for what she does. There are so many public speakers like uh, Steve Jobs, You know, he appeared quite reserved, quite quiet. Yeah, he is one of the best corporate speakers or was one of the best corporate speakers of his time. None of these people were born natural public speakers. Every single one of them has the same thing in common and it is this. They practice. So if you look at Steve Jobs, I recently watched his first TV interview. It was in 1978. Was it his best speech? Not by a long shot. And if you look at the footage, and I'll make sure I add it into the um, links for the podcast, the footage shows him preparing for his interview. And he is so nervous and agitated. And, you know, honestly, he looks like he's got no idea what to expect at all. He's asking, you know, am I able, are are we ready to start yet? Am I able to go to the toilet beforehand? And this is all being filmed live, ready for, you know, his first live interview. But he continued to practice he continued to give speeches and if you skip forward to 2007 when he um, presented the iPhone or if you look at his Stanford address speech you see a totally different person you see someone who's calm composed and a phenomenal storyteller time practice and focusing on the art of public speaking enabled Steve Jobs to be known for his you know really really good motivational speeches And you can do it too. Nobody is born a natural speaker. So what we're going to do is we're going to dig into a short, sharp episode of the top 10 tips to public speaking. Let's get started. Tip number one, speak about something that you're passionate about and have a very good knowledge of. 
As I mentioned, I had a few people contact me off the back of the last episode saying, now I know how to write an effective speech, but I don't know what to talk about. A speaking can talk about absolutely anything. It can be your knowledge, it can be your real life experiences, your stories, your journey. It's your speech. So ultimately, it doesn't matter what the content is, as long as you know it really well and you have confidence in delivering it. I mentioned earlier on Evelyn Glinney, who is a deaf percussionist. There are very few people in her field who have the same kind of abilities or disabilities or things that would necessarily, you may assume, hold her back. That's what makes her a sought after speaker in her field. So if you've got a passion for something, whether it's your business, your your job role or a hobby outside of it that you know really, really well, even if it's not the most, you know, well-known subject, even if it's something quite unique, quite different, you can still be a speaker. In fact, you might be the best speaker in the field if it's not something that's really common or really widespread. So as long as it's something that you know really well, and as long as it's something that you're passionate about, you can speak about anything you like. Tip one, speak about something that you're passionate about or know really well. Tip number two, know why you're doing it. It's so important that you have a purpose to your speech. You need to set it out from the start. So maybe you're delivering a speech because it's a requirement you have to. So maybe it's a necessity in your business, in your job role. But maybe you're delivering a speech or a presentation to entertain people. Maybe you're delivering, you know, a presentation to inform people of something, maybe a policy, a procedure, a change, something that's new and up and coming. And this can be a presentation in kind of the live format, or this might be on a recorded video. It could be on your Facebook lives. So know the purpose of your speech. Is it to entertain, to inspire, to share a story, to share your experiences, to provide knowledge to people? And it's absolutely imperative, in my opinion, that you ask these two questions. If you've got pen and paper or if you've got a phone recording, you'll want to write this down. Questions you have to ask yourself are this. Question one, what is the purpose of my speech? Why am I doing this? If you're doing it to solely meet you know, your own needs of self-importance, it's unlikely to answer question two, which is this. What value will I add to my audience? If you know the purpose of your speech and it's important, it's to educate, to entertain, to inspire people, to motivate people, to share knowledge, to spread information, then great. That's your first focus point. Step two is what value will it add to the audience? And if you've got those two questions nailed, you cannot go far wrong. Step two, know why you're doing your speech. Step three, follow a system for your speech. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know I am a massive advocate of having a system for your speech. And in episode two, I shared with you, in my opinion, what is one of the most important parts of the the speaker system that we use at Unlimited Success, and it is the Pentagon model. What, why, how, what, if, when. So rather than you flip back to episode two, I'm just going to give you a quick recap of what it is. Start with point one, which is what is it that you're talking about? This accounts for around 5% of your speech, your presentation or your delivery. 5% being what it is you're talking about. If it's a small speech, that might just be a title. If it's a 30 minute, 90 minute full day speech, it might be a full five minute section around what it is, what your focus is for the purposes of that speech. Step two of the Pentagon is the why. Accounts for almost a third of it, 30% of your speech or your delivery needs to be around why you're talking about that subject matter. And if you recall back to episode two, it's not just why you're doing it. 
it's not just the, the features of it. It's also the benefits to your audience. Imagine your audience saying, so what? You have to back up each point, back up each claim. Imagine your audience uh, looking for some information. Quite often the question on the tip of their tongue is what's in it for me? So whatever your subject matter is, if you're talking around it, 30% of the time of that speech should be spent identifying why it's important, what's the benefit to them as well as the features. Then we have point three on the Pentagon, which is the how. It counts for 40%, if you recall, so it's the biggest section of it. This is the nuts, the bolts, the information. And it's important to make it entertaining. It's important to make it intriguing for your audience. So detail, step-by-step, you might want to use systems, diagrams, flowcharts if you're delivering a live presentation or a visual presentation. You might want to make it animated if you're doing it in a recorded format. Hopefully you'll see differences in my energy and my tone while I'm delivering. So the 40% is around how the step-by-step system, the information, the how-to guide. Step four on the Pentagon is the what if, the part many people miss out. 15% of your speech around the fears, the doubts, the concerns, overcoming those obstacles as to why people should listen to what you've got to say. 15% overcoming the obstacles, overcoming the queries, the doubts, the concerns, 15% on the what if. And finally, point five of the Pentagon being when. If it's a specific date that you want people to listen to your speech, then it's the specific date. If it's that you're talking about getting started with healthy eating and you're a motivational speaker in terms of a nutrition or diet specialist, then the when would likely be now because people need to ensure to live a long lasting life that they start eating the right foods and start you know nourishing their body in the right way now. So 10% of the time is identifying the when. Quick recap of the system of point three B and always follow a system. If you're not using the Pentagon model and you're delivering maybe just a mini speech, you can use it as long as you've got a start, a middle and an end. So a system, a format, an identifiable linear process for your speech. That's step three of the top tips. Step four, knowing your audience, focusing your speech to those who are going to be listening. So it may be that you have one content piece, one um, format that you're talking about, one information piece that you're talking about, but you deliver it to different people. So you need to ensure that you focus your speech. Even if the content is the same, you need to angle it to your audience. Remember, focusing on the benefits to that particular audience. So maybe you're delivering the food and nutrition speech that we mentioned just before in step three. But maybe you're delivering that in one scenario to high-performance athletes. You'll be able to give much more detail, much more information. You'll be able to go deep dive into the nutrition side and the health benefits. But if you're delivering that same speech in a school to my five-year-old son, you won't want to give as much detailed information. You won't want to do the deep dive because your audience aren't going to understand it. So you'll want to make it fit for the purpose. Information content still the same, the angle for the audience being different. So simplifying it, making it fun, making it entertaining, making it enjoyable, make it a game. So point four, step four of the top tips is to know your audience. Ensure you focus on the benefits to your audience and the value that you will provide them with. So in this short, sharp exercise, I'm going to give you the top tips and we are halfway through already. Top tip number five, practice, prepare and practice again. Let me repeat that for you. Practice, prepare and practice again. 
Now, maybe you learn in a different format to other people. I know me personally, I like to write things down. I learn very well if I write things down and I read them. I'm a bit of a geek. I'm sure I've mentioned it previously and I write things down in multicolours. So if you, uh, one of my mentors mentioned very early on in my speaking career that if you write things down in four or more colours, you remember them better. That's my way of practising. For you, maybe you don't like that kind of academic practice. Maybe you don't like writing it down and reading it. Maybe you just want to have four or five key points documented down that you want to ensure that you cover. Maybe it's an image on a presentation. Maybe you're using PowerPoint. And one key image on a presentation that you will identify to you exactly the, the content piece that you need to talk around. So having your key points that you want to cover noted down. And then practice. So you've got your preparation and you need to practice. Now, this can be practising many different formats, practising alone, practising in front of your family or your friends to get yourself some feedback, in front of your peers to gain that all-important feedback, or maybe you want to practise and record yourself. It's important to listen back to it as well, but to identify what you do well and what you can improve upon. So for me personally, I was talking about this with some of my mentees recently, is one of the ways that I practise is during my car journeys. So I live about three and a quarter hours away from Peterborough. I use the time to listen to audiobooks. But if I'm doing a speech and it's something that's new or I've added maybe different elements in because I've tweaked it based on the feedback that I've got or the audience's reception to the speech, then quite often what I'll do is I will practice in the car, phone in a little hook on the dashboard, earphones in or earphones out even sometimes and literally just speak into it, record on your voice memos So record on your voice memos certain parts of your speech, maybe the part that you're not quite comfortable with or if there's an element that you always forget or you always miss out, practice it and listen back to it. Practice it again and listen back to it. So this links into something that Rob Moore calls net time. It's taking no extra time while, you know, you're sat in your car and you're driving, you can't be reading a book or you can't be, you know, practicing in front of a live audience. So using that time effectively practice in front of your peers so get a group of people together who know your subject matter practicing in front of your friends and your family they're going to be the most honest with you quite often you'll find your friends and family go one way or the other they'll either tell you you were amazing and nothing was wrong with it because they're being polite or as quite often is the case in my scenario is they will pick many faults and pick many holes in your speech the latter is probably the best no one wants to hear this could be done better or that didn't land very well but what better way to practice than in front of people who you're who will be open and honest with you, who you trust their judgment, and then practice in private to perfect it in public. So step five of the top tips is to practice, prepare, and practice again. Record yourself, listen back to it, make changes and improve each and every time. Step six, start with the end in mind. Visualize your speech. Visualize how it's gonna go, how will your presentation go? Visualise the confidence that you are going to absolutely exude. Visualise the audience reaction, whether that be, you know, a standing ovation, whether it be people getting involved in the exercises that you've set, the nodding of heads, the unfolding of arms. If you're in a kind of work scenario where people feel like they're given presentation after presentation, visualise. And it's really, really important to do. And I'll be honest, when I first heard about, you know, visualizing and see it and believe it see it and you can be it I didn't really believe that it was worthwhile doing I thought it was just you know airy fairy mumbo jumbo you don't just wish for things to happen and they happen it's not the case but if you look at the first 
five points that we previously covered, they involve the legwork side of it, practicing preparation, learning your audience, getting your speech written out in the right way. But it's really, really important that you visualize what's going to happen. So recently I gave a speech um, to over 200 people and I got the train. It was in London. I got the train to London and all the way there, had my notes up on screen. I wasn't practicing them as in learning all the information. I'd done all the prep up front. I sat with my presentation up on the screen, just flicking through the slides. Important point to note, inside my head is where I was saying it, not live on the train because I would have peed quite a few people off. But just going over the elements, the really key important points, the things that I really wanted to hit home. And all the way there, I'm thinking this is going to be an awesome day. It's going to be a good group of people. They're going to react really well. I'm given information and value that they need. These are people who need to listen to what I've got to say. It's a live environment. It's key elements of things that have benefited me and many other people I know. So I know it will benefit them. So focusing on those points that I mentioned just before. Now, as many of you know, a lot of the speeches that I give are in a live environment and also in a sales environment. The reception from the audience was really, really good. And also the the sale conversion from the audience was really good. You know you've delivered a great speech when you visualise the way it's going to be and it turns out exactly as you planned. So you may not believe me right now, but hold all, you know, reserve all judgment, hold off all those thoughts, thinking it's a load of Tasha mumbo jumbo and actually visualise the way it's going to go. Because if you visualise the bad things, you're going to be nervous, you're going to drop your clipboard or your notes that you've taken up that you shouldn't really have, that you're going to you know, get dry mouth and not be able to pronounce your words correctly or you have a drink and have a coughing fit. That's what's going to happen. So visualise, start with the end in mind, visualise your speech, visualise the reaction. That's top tip number six. Top tip number seven, create the connection. So remember that people buy into people and your audience want to connect with you. One of the main ways to do this is to connect through your story, as explained in episode four of the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. But you also need to make it visual, make it as visual as possible, paint the picture, create the connection and focus on saving your audience. I've shared in previous episodes, in particular episode four, where I talked about your story and how it connects with your audience. I didn't really understand the importance of it until I practiced in a live environment Bear in mind, you may be delivering your speech or your presentation, your pitch, your sale, whatever it may be, in a room where your audience have heard tons of other pitches, presentations and speeches. You need yours to stand out and you want to connect with that audience. You want to create that rapport and get the buy-in from your audience. And one great way to do that is to create a really good bond, a really good connection. You want your audience to be sat listening to you thinking, wow, he's just like me or It's like she's just picked that scenario out of my head. They're the exact same feelings I have because when you create that connection, you get the buy-in from your audience members and they are totally bought in to the content piece, the information or the product or service that you're selling. So create the connection. Always keep at the forefront of your your mind, your focus point being on saving that audience, the value you're going to give to them, the benefit to them. So top tip number seven is to create the connection. Top tip number eight, record your live speeches in front of an audience to see what went well and what can be improved on. So not like in the uh, the point I mentioned earlier on in your practice and prepare. I mean, when you give your presentation in a live environment, in work, your presentation, you've got to give your sales pitch to a board if you're pitching a product or a service, your presentation at a networking event. 
either record it yourself or get somebody else to record it. So in the live environment where you've got a live audience, you can see their actual reactions and you'll be able to identify what you did well and what can be improved upon. The aim of the speech is to improve upon the previous one. That's the main aim of each speech is to just get better than the last one. And how are you going to know that if you don't record it? So one of the things that we do quite often at the presentations that I give is there will either be a video recording so you can watch it back or at least a voice recording of your speech or presentation. You can then listen back to it. You can identify whether you had enough tonality and pitch change in there. You can identify if there's any key points that you've missed out. You know, the glaringly obvious things that you've forgotten about on stage. But when you listen back or when you watch it back, you identify those improvement points. It's also important to know what you did really well. What went really well? Keep that in next time. I didn't realise I'd said that. I didn't realise I made this gesture or that use this body language and actually it really connected with the audience to identify what can be improved upon and the key points that you want to leave in. So point eight is to record those live examples of your speeches in front of an audience, identify what worked and what can be improved on and identify the reactions of the audience. It's one of the best ways for you to improve upon your next speech. Top tip number nine, write down at the end of each speech what worked and what you would change going forward. You have to do this immediately after your presentation. Now, I'm not saying if you've got a crowd of people coming up to you want to ask you questions that you say, I'm really sorry, I've got to go off and write it down. But at the earliest opportunity after your speech, write down the information fresh in your mind of what worked really well and what you would like to improve upon. I know it doesn't work anywhere near as well if you leave the gap between your delivery and writing it down because I've done that myself previously. Unintentionally, I've kind of intended to write something down straight after the speech, what worked, what went really well, what could be improved and what didn't land with the audience. And if you get sidetracked and you try and do that later in the day, you try and do it the next day, it's not fresh in your mind anymore. You forget the really important little tweaks. And once you've been doing this for a long time, your presentation might be pretty much the same with a few tweaks each time. You want to ensure that you can improve upon that. So at the earliest opportunity, write down what worked and what you'd change. Now remember, don't change absolutely everything in your speech on the next delivery, just small incremental changes that have that compound effect and make the biggest difference to your speeches. This was mentioned uh, by Paul Mahoney, who's a phenomenal speaker. He's one of the people that I've really looked up to while I've been learning to be a speaker and training and still continue to do so now. And one of the things that he says he always does is to document what worked and what didn't. So if it works for him and he's an awesome multi-stage speaker, then it works for me too and it will do for you too. So top tip number nine, write down at the end of each speech what worked well and what you would improve upon. And finally, top tip number 10, enjoy it. Enjoy your speech Don't focus on just getting through it. Focus on enjoying it, making that connection with the audience because you're going to go back to the beginning and do it all again. Enjoy, focus on the end result, focus on the benefits to your audience and the value you're going to give. And if you enjoy it, your audience will enjoy it so much more. We've all either been the person on stage or the person in a live environment speaking to maybe a small group of people or the person in the audience when someone talking is really nervous. They're just focusing on rattling through it. They speak really quickly. There's no tonality changes. There's no roller coaster. And you can tell they just want to be off the stage. You don't create that connection with them. So top tip number 10 is enjoy it. You can go back to the beginning and do it all again, but enjoy it. 
The best speakers show confidence, charisma, and connect well with their audience. And when you use these top 10 tips that I've just shared with you, you can do exactly the same as they do too. So let me just recap those for you. Top tip number one, speak about something that you're passionate about or you know really, really well. Top tip number two, know why you're doing it. Ensure that you have the purpose of your speech and the value you're going to add at the forefront of your mind. Remember the two questions to ask yourself before any delivery. What is the purpose of my speech and what value will I add to my audience? Top tip number three, follow a system. Use the Pentagon model that I've shared with you or start with a mini system at the very least of a clear start, a clear middle and a clear end to your speech. Top tip number four, know your audience, meet them where they're at. Focus your speech on those who are listening, adapt it to suit the needs of your audience. Focus on the value and the benefit you will give to your audience members. Top tip number five, practice, prepare and practice again. Write down key elements, record yourself, listen back to your speeches, practice, prepare and practice again. Top tip number six, start with the end in mind, Visual your, visualize your speech. How is it going to go? What's going to work really, really well? What will be the audience reaction? Start with the end in mind. Top tip number seven, create the connection. Create that bond with your audience members because people buy into people and you want your audience members to connect with you. Top tip number eight, record your live speeches. Watch back for what worked well and what didn't work so well. And top tip number nine is to write those tips down at the end of every speech. Write what worked really, really well, what you're going to leave in your next speech and expand upon. Write down what didn't land so well with the audience and what tweaks you will make in your next delivery. And top tip number 10, go out there and enjoy it. You can go back to the beginning and do it all over again. So thanks for listening to this episode of Presenting Pitching and Public Speaking Podcast. My name's Tony Gargan and I'll see you all soon.